Good morning. Welcome to Rise Up with Monica Irvin. I'm Monica, and thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. You all, I'm excited about our topic this morning. I'm excited to talk about this topic because I need this topic. Um, Who doesn't need the topic of learning to love our enemies? Today we're going to talk about how do we teach our children to love their enemies. We know it's a commandment, so it's always a good place to start there, (laughs) to introduce our children where that counsel comes from and who it comes from. But let's break it down a little bit. I know today we might perceive more enemies around us than we did even a couple of months ago, just because of the political climate that we're in. So I think there's never a better time to talk about this beautiful gospel principle than when things are a little hairy around us. So let's start by discussing if we've been commanded by Jesus Christ to love our enemies, well, I guess first we need to identify who our enemies are. When I was thinking about the Savior giving this counsel, he particularly gave this counsel to the Jews during an incredibly difficult time for them. At this time, the Romans were ruling over the Jews. And you all, I don't know that we fully comprehend what it was like for the Jews at this time. It was awful. Because of history, we know what the Romans were like. We know how they ultimately felt about the Jews. They had disdain for them. They hated them. They thought they were a subspecies of humans. They, um, you know, they just, they felt like they absolutely, the Romans were superior to them. And so we know that they made life very difficult for the Jews and looked upon them with just true and utter disdain. And so there's no question who the Jews that the Savior was talking to identified as their enemies at the time. And then to hear the Savior command them that they needed to love their enemies. That must have been quite, just quite a remarkable and unbelievable thing to comprehend. And I would imagine it was very difficult for the Jews to hear that counsel. And I would imagine there were many who said, there is no way, I I am not capable of, of loving them, and I don't think I should have to. I, I know that many would have thought that. I don't think, I think that's asking too much, Lord. I think that's just asking too much. Today, when we think about our enemies, who are they? I know probably you may be thinking, like, I might think if someone were to ask me that question, well, I don't have any real enemies or 
I don't have anyone that I would just qualify as an enemy. I mean, I hope I don't. Um, If I do, I hope I don't know about them. But I think, excuse me, I think if we dug a little deeper, we would discover that we do have people in our life that we have feelings towards like someone who might be perceived as our enemy. For instance, do we have anyone in our life that we feel uses us? Or that we assume, kind of have a a strong feeling that they talk negatively about us when we're not with them. Maybe they actually talk negatively towards us, belittles us, talks in a condescending tone to us. Maybe it's just someone we just meet for a few moments at the store who is rude to us or someone who's impatient with us makes us feel like we're a burden to them. Maybe it's someone that just always seems to lack a desire to want to help us, that they're bothered by the thought of needing to help us. Maybe we feel like deep down someone wants to cause us pain or even if they don't want to maybe cause us pain they relish when we face pain or when we have personal or family failures we perceive that deep down it makes them a little satisfied maybe we have someone in our life who refuses to forgive us And we, I could go on with other situations. If there are people that you can identify with as I spoke that list, chances are you struggle with having feelings of love towards that person. Because who wouldn't, you all? We're not robots. Our hearts are not made out of steel. It hurts when people are unkind to us. It hurts to think that people are speaking ill will towards us, especially when it's people that we know should be loving us, like our family, our friends, those that we're more more close to. And so I believe that the Savior was speaking more of of these types of people and situations in our lives, I think he was reminding us that despite how others treat us, view us, speak to us, that our responsibility is to have love for them and not just to say, well, sure, I love all people, but to feel it in your heart, in your bosom, for your heart to swell with love towards all people, even these people. And so to determine whether we have some work to do in this area, it's really a simple question. 
Do I have any bitter feelings or unkind feelings myself towards anyone? When I hear someone's name spoken, do I get that kind of sick feeling in my stomach? Or my anxiety goes up a little bit? Or I feel my anger kindling? If that's the case, then that's a great goal. That that is someone that I need to work on loving. So, Let's identify what does it mean to love someone? If we're supposed to love these people, well, what does love look like? Well, I want you to imagine how you feel about your children because that's the best way to talk about love. What does love look like for them from you? What does it feel like? Do you pray for your children? Do you want your children to be happy and healthy? Do you want good things to come to your children, even if they don't deserve it? Do you enjoy helping them? I know that Right now, I've kind of gotten the habit of taking my son lunch each week. And um, it's really just an excuse, y'all, to see him. I just want to see him. I just like being with him. I miss my kids. And, uh, you know, he's a college student and studying a lot. And I know he doesn't probably eat the best. And so I just... I know that he loves to eat, and so I'll say, hey, can I bring you lunch today? And it's always been yes with an exclamation point. But it's not about the food, but nothing makes me happier. I love, I mean, I hate cooking, y'all. Oh, my goodness. I cannot tell you how much I disdain cooking. I just never have enjoyed it. I really haven't. I cook. I do. And, uh, and probably am a decent cook. But I really don't enjoy it. It's not something I love. But I love making that boy lunch. I do. Um, Do we forgive them? Do we even have to work at forgiving our children? I guess there's a chance we might, depending on the circumstance. Do we focus on the good? Like, we know our kids aren't perfect. I mean, we know it. <laughs> we, And we can see the little things because we know our kids. You know, we, we know maybe what we would identify as a weakness or just a, a stumbling block for them. But we don't focus on that, do we? We just, we know the good in there. And we know that the good outweighs any negative so much. And that's what we think of when we think of our kids. We think of the good. When we think of them, we have these warm feelings towards them. And when my kids might not make the best decision, I have a little phrase that I say in my mind. And I'm going to confess that I use this phrase for everyone around me 
that I think might be being a little naughty in the moment because it helps me not dwell on that or take it too seriously, even if it is serious. And that is, I'll say in my mind, oh, you little stinker. Oh, he's being a little stinker today. Oh, she's being a little stinker. I've always said that about my kids in my mind. And I have found that it helps me to say that about anyone who I think is not making a great choice. Because I know I can be a stinker sometimes. <laughs> but like you and I, we don't, hopefully, we don't want to identify ourselves by our mistakes. Because we know we're more than that. So my question is, as you think about these people in your life, that you might have ill will towards or resentment towards or anger towards that might be perceived as an enemy, how do we love them? We love them the way we love our kids. We love them the way we love anyone. It's the same thing. It's not a different formula. You know, if we don't have a desire to serve them, if we don't have a desire to forgive them, if we don't have a desire to want good things to happen to them, then a great place to start is to start praying that our desire for them will change and pray that our heart will soften towards them and ask the Lord to help us to see them the way he sees them. To help us to just see the good and ignore the bad. So why would we do this? Why would the Savior ask us to love our enemies? I mean, sure, we can see the, that that's probably the more Christ-like way to be. And probably is not a, the best word there. We know it is, right? We know. But... Why does he want that for us? Is it just to benefit those other people? I don't believe that Heavenly Father has ever asked us to do anything that does not bless us as individuals. I don't think he ever asked us to do a singular thing that does not bring greater joy and happiness in our life. How does it help us to love our enemy? It gives us peace and harmony and calm and joy and happiness in our life. When we allow our minds to play around with feelings of resentment and bitterness and anger, when we allow those feelings to sit in our brain and in our heart for any length of time, during that time, those feelings rob our soul of joy. That's what's happening to us. We are forfeiting joy that could be felt 
just like the concept that light and darkness cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Anger and happiness cannot. Bitterness and peace cannot. Resentment and joy cannot occupy the same space. So if we choose to engage in those feelings, we just need to be honest with ourselves that we are choosing to forfeit joy. And I don't know about you, but I need all the joy in my life that I can withhold. I would always rather have peace I would always rather have happiness at any cost. I would always rather have that in my home and with my children and amongst my children. So as you sit down and talk to your kids and maybe let them listen to this episode, talk about it. Whenever we have a discussion like this with our kids, it's really important that we set some ground rules ahead of time, that we're not going to talk about other people during this discussion, we're not going to mention other people's names, that the things we might talk about is our own personal feelings, but we're not going to bring up, yeah, well, but if this person didn't do this, I wouldn't feel this. Um, We we don't do things like that in these kinds of discussions. We make sure that we honor and protect other people's reputations. And especially when we have a family discussion, it's not the appropriate time to bring up grievances about individuals. The time to do that is when we're in private with our parent or privacy with the other person, but we never bring up personal grievances against a particular person when we're in a group setting, and that includes our family. So that's a ground rule that that I would encourage us all to remember when we're having these discussions. But with little kids, when you discuss the word enemy, You know, you might say things like when you're describing, let's identify who a perceived enemy might be in our life. Well, someone who doesn't share with us. Someone who we feel like we share with all the time, but they don't share as often. Someone who doesn't really want to play with us. Someone who speaks unkindly to us. Someone who is always trying to shoo us away. That would be someone that a small child could could perceive as an enemy. But the promises of the Lord are great. And we know that when we strive to obey, obedience being the first law under heaven, when we strive to obey the Lord, we are the ones that will reap the greatest blessings. I hope and pray that we can all learn to love our enemies or perceived enemies. Basically, love everyone. 
It's easy to be a Christian. It's easy to be a lady or a gentleman when everyone's being nice and kind around us. But as I've said before, the test of a Christian and the test of a lady and a gentleman is can you be kind when other people are choosing to not be kind, when they're choosing to be little stinkers? Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have the best week. I'll leave with you some thoughts just really quickly about our current circumstance in our nation. I saw a family member yesterday uh, make a post on social media that said, I'm so, oh, I think she's the word sickened, sickened to have to raise my child in such an atmosphere as this in our great country. And I thought about that. And I want to tell you what I told her. Don't worry. Remain optimistic. As Christians, we have every reason to always remain optimistic despite our circumstances. Our country has been faced with many challenges throughout its history. We have had incredible divisions as a country before. During the Revolutionary War, oh, there was incredible division about what we should do as a nation. During the Civil War, can you imagine being more divided than we were during that time? Great division about the civil rights of women and black Americans. Um, whether or not we should be involved in the Korean War and the Vietnam War and going into the Middle East. Uh, so many things, you all. We have, we have been here before. We have. But our nation, as it, as it clings to its principles and our founding documents, even though those founding documents are not perfect, but as we find imperfections in those founding documents like we have throughout our history, that's why we've had amendments to our Constitution, but as we hold tight to those documents and to the principles that they represent, our country will weather this storm. Our children, it is imperative that our children hear you and me speaking optimistically and reassuring them and ourselves that all will be well as we cling to the gospel of Jesus Christ as we do our best in our personal lives to live the gospel and to love others, all will be well. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to be afraid about what the next administration's gonna do or the current administration's gonna do. We do our best to make a difference in our sphere of influence. And then we pray and we put the rest in the Lord's hands. So don't you worry. Things will be all right. Have a blessed week. Thank you for sharing and listening.